Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are as we are officially in the best time of the sports year. The hockey season starts tonight. The football season coming fast and furious. Fascinating games last night. Fascinating comments from ownership today. We've got a lot to say. Let's start saying it. Here we go! Only one place to start. That place is going to be with football. We just wrapped up Get Up and my buddies Dominic Foxworth and Dan Graziano. Good enough to hang out after we finished up the show and spend a few extra minutes with us here. Our thanks, guys, and Jeff Saturday will make his way over here in a little while. I want to start with just a moment on last night's game because there are so many things about it that confuse me. And then we'll work our way over to a couple of other issues. By the way, Dominique, you're welcome to take that jacket off. Are we supposed to take off. No, it's entirely up to you. No, this, is, this is a little bit more relaxed setting you so gotta take this off take the jacket off take the jacket off you already down to two buttons you're giving us a lot of sexy today this yeah. leave the you know you can take the shirt off if you want i don't know if america's ready for that you were the only person i know who during covid got in unbelievably good shape yeah. i myself got fat yeah, i handled covid by drinking wine and eating ice cream every yeah. single night and you handled it by jumping on a peloton oh, every yeah, single day I got. I'm still. I still got a streak. I'm over 1,300 straight days. Ooh, yeah. impressive! Nice. Day, consecutive days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's not like a ride every day. Like it's, it could be like you know on their yeah. app they have like dumbbell workouts and oh. stuff like. But something also, every day. They also have meditation. So he was cheating a couple there days ago. There, you could check it. <laughs> you could tell like when I had COVID. Maybe I did like a five minute stretch that day. <laughs> but it's on there. There's something yeah, no, my, on there. That's my wife's one of those no going breaks too. in the calendar going back to March 2020. Well, that's one that you just find a way to check the box. Yeah. But like, like, that's a little OCD. I yeah, have that in right. a big way. So here, I'm very good. big. It helps motivate you. No, I, which I think is great. Yeah. I, I don't mean to make to, to make light of that. That's a great thing you're doing these that. days. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm the person. I'm the one who is so crazy with my to do list. Yeah. That if I accomplish something in a given day, that. I had forgotten to put on my list. You'll write it. I will then write it on the list oh, I do that. just so I can put a check mark next to it. You I do mean, the I, check mark. See, I cross it out. I, I, it's oh. so satisfying to cross yeah. out a task on your to-do list. I think that, that's just about the feeling. That's not even about the OCD of it. It feels yeah. good to check something off. But my point is there's yeah. no accomplishment in oh. that whatsoever. Oh, but it feels good. You're just oh, talking yeah. yourself yeah. into it's, it. It's, it's psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you two guys. What I were, knew I started talking about something. What were we something. talking about? <laughs> we're talking uh, about Jordan Love. Uh, so, so he throws three Picks last night. He's he thrown five interceptions in his last two games. Dan, you covered Green Bay's game where they came back to beat New Orleans. Yeah. And he had that great fourth quarter. And, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be the beginning right. of something. And since then, he's looked really bad. And I think we have to accept that with a young quarterback, he, there were going to be the ups and the downs. So I guess I would ask you, 
what we're seeing now. Is it just a bad stretch or is it actually a bad sign? I, I think it's a bad stretch. I mean, look, we're going to find out over time, right, what, what he's got. But it's important for people to remember, too, the group around him is also young. Like all of his receivers and tight ends, literally all of his wide receivers and tight ends are either first or second year players. Yeah. So they're growing together. Christian Watson, a second year guy, hasn't even been on the field that much because he's had injuries. So, uh, yeah, I think you're seeing you're seeing the growth process, and that can be tough to watch sometimes because it's just not always smooth. And I think you know, with Jordan Love, if people want to make conclusions based on what they've seen, I think it's a little too soon. Yeah, I don't think it's time to make conclusions, but I guess do we think Matt LaFleur is a good offensive coach and quarterback evaluator? Because what concerns me more than the mistakes that Jordan Love makes, it's the mistakes combined with the game plans that Matt LaFleur is instituting. Because he's not a rookie. He's been around long enough. And the way that they approach these games suggests to me that he's a rookie or suggests to me that they don't believe in him and he hasn't done anything to disprove that. So it's less about being critical of the way that he's played, although we can be critical of the way that he's played. It's more about seeing how they are treating him. They're treating him not like he's a first-round pick, not like he's been in the league learning before, and not like he has big playmakers on that offense. They're treating him like they have a dominant defense and they got a quarterback they need to hide. I think they felt like they had a real advantage last night in the run game against the Raiders specifically. And I think they had designed a game plan around Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and then they found out late that they weren't going to have Aaron Jones. So they just ran it with Dylan, who, by the way, did a good job. But you would think that would be more effective over the course of the game if you had both those guys running it uh, than than if you had just I I don't I don't want to be too critical of Jordan Love because you're right. We should take our time, and he hasn't been awful. But what I talk about when I see a lot of quarterbacks is the coaches and the teammates need to take pressure off of the quarterback and only ask the quarterback to make a few good plays a game. They did that last night. Yeah, and he, and still he did, threw, yeah. and he didn't do and you that one interception to Spillane over the first interception to Spillane over the middle inexcusable. The second one to Spillane was like a broken up pass, yep. just a bad bounce. I can excuse that. And even the one that ends the game, it's like you're taking a shot in a one on one big receiver. I can explain that away. So his mistakes last night weren't all that debilitating. But when you don't give him many chances to make right. plays, when he makes mistakes in those moments, it'll crush you. And then they're in the red zone. They're running the ball so well. They get down to the red zone. you got to execute in those moments. They were like inside the five and couldn't score. So I'm looking it up here. So his first two games, he was six touchdowns, no picks. Since then, he's two touchdowns and six picks, which adds up to eight touchdowns, six picks through five games. I went back and looked at Aaron Rodgers' first season when he became the starter. There is a direct parallel. He had three years to sit and watch Uh and then became the starter. Again, is it fair to compare Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers? No, but it's realistic. This yeah. is what's going it's, it's to happen. Inevitable. It's, it's not fair to compare him to Aaron Rodgers now, right. but it is reasonable to at least look at what Rodgers did his first year. Rodgers' first year, when he really took over a starter, he completed 64% of his passes, a little over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So it's a long way to go for yeah. Jordan Love, but this is the start that he is off to. Clearly, the Lions are just so overwhelmingly the best team in that division. Nothing is close. They just look great. And, and they play the exact way they want to. They, they push around with, their, with both lines. Yeah, they look like the class of that division far and away. 
And injuries didn't slow them down. They're missing playmakers, yeah. and they still seem impactful. They're, granted, they were playing the Carolina Panthers, who they're struggling. are not world beaters, but yeah. there are no bye weeks uh, in the nope. NFL except for actual bye weeks. You're going to have to play. Everyone you play is going to be an NFL roster, so it's still impressive that they're dominant. Greening reminding you that we are a podcast as well. If you ever miss any of the show, both hours are available. The Greeny podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Also very popular these days, the Dominique Foxworth Show. Oh, yeah. I get a plug. Yeah, the show get is going. Plug. The show is uh, Going, uh, the show is going really well. We're getting better and better. We got a nice fancy set, so we're on YouTube. Ooh. But yeah, the numbers are going up. We got uh, sponsors, so you know we're doing something with people paying to be associated with us. So if you're not downloading, you're missing out. That's there a good you go. sale, right? That's that was a good sales pitch from yeah. Neek. Uh, l- let's go to the other injury news of the day. We got uh, Devon Achan, which is a terrible yeah. uh, break for the uh, Dolphins. The knee is going to force him to miss a couple of weeks. And um, he might go on IR, which would mean a minimum of four weeks. It's a, it's a tough break because he's obviously a lot of people's fantasy favorite. He's so exciting and fun to watch. The Dolphins feel like if any team could sort of absorb that loss, they're the team that could do it. The other injury news today is just the opposite. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, probably the best receiver in the sport, going on IR for the Vikings. He's out a minimum of four games. So it will raise the question, Dan Graziano, my insider extraordinaire. They're already their season is already slipping away. Right. If with him gone four games, realistically speaking, they're going to be done by the time we so. get to late October. The trade deadline is actually three weeks from today. Will there be chatter about possibly trading Kirk Cousins? I feel like that question answers itself because it helps create chatter about possibly trading <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Right. Yeah, I think well, there, I mean, I, amongst people who matter. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah, right. So there is a reason you don't see starting quarterbacks traded at the deadline, and, and a lot of it has to do with the time it takes to learn a new offense, and and some of it has to do with cost. But that's not a problem in Cousins' case. He's making ten million this year, so um, I, I think it's unlikely that it happens for a number of reasons. One, teams don't like to give up on seasons. Uh, the Vikings, yes, we can sit here and say one and four and no Justin Jefferson, they're done, but I'm sure that's not the way they feel in the building, uh, and it's certainly not the way they want their players to feel. They don't have somebody behind Cousins who looks like the obvious successor, like some some stud high draft pick yeah. that they want to throw in there. So that's And then he has a no-trade clause, and he and his family, my understanding is, really like it there. Uh, so... I think there's a lot of things working against it. That will not stop it from coming up. It will not stop teams from calling. Uh, but I do think it's something that you know fans of quarterback-needy teams shouldn't necessarily get their hopes up about. Right, and I mean, how many are the – who are these teams that need a quarterback that's, that view Kirk Cousins as an upgrade? Right. I think. The Jets come to mind, but – the Atlanta. Jets, yeah, but... The, but no, they seem to like their guy. I mean, maybe they shouldn't, but they right. seem to. Uh, the Jets... You also have a general manager who is kind of beholden to the feelings of the quarterback. Right. So I'm not oh, sure the, that Aaron Rodgers... The injured quarterback, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. injured quarterback. Not so I'm the not quarterback sure. who's playing, right. the other one, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers would love to have him come there. So I, I, it feels incredibly unlikely to me. But I can't think of any other teams other than the Jets that And I think that's the key, it. right? Like three weeks to the trade deadline. If someone, if some contenders quarterback were to get injured yeah, that's a different story then all of a sudden maybe that team becomes extra motivated and willing to pay a, a price that makes the vikings happy and maybe it's a place that cousins want it, to go wants it, to go but there's no way to predict where it that would, would have be. been really interesting had um they set burrow like that would have been an interesting place yep. to bring him in it would have like because that would be a great use of um kirk cousins to hold down the fort 
Like, or until the quarterback comes back. And I know Greeny believes that Aaron Rodgers is going to return. Or hypothetically, if, if uh, Brock Purdy hadn't made it back from the elbow surgery, right, right. then that would have made a lot of sense too. So look for a situation like that if it develops over that's, the next couple of weeks. That's interesting because Shanahan loves Yeah, cousins. no, that's his guy. Uh, and yeah. given what happened to them last year, I know that they they lost all their quarterbacks in the game to the point, not not um, not even being hyperbolic, they actually were in a game where all of their quarterbacks right. got hurt. Yeah. So uh Cousins to the 49ers, if they're going all in on this year as some sort of protection, if his cap number is only $10 million, it's a reasonable Sam Darnold. I know who their backup I, is. I think something would have to happen to Purdy. I don't, right. I don't think they'd bring him in as, as insurance. Uh, that, that would seem like They've already traded a, a lot aggressive. for a quarterback they don't have. Right, that's <laughs> they need, fair. They probably that's need true. to worry about that. Uh, Greeny and Graziano and Neek with us here in studio. One more. I, I, I don't know what to think about Zach Wilson. So I, I, he played, I thought played really well against Kansas City two weeks ago. Right. I was encouraged and excited. And I thought this week was a great chance to build on that against a Denver defense that has been just awful. I didn't think he did. I did no. not think he played great. I came in here yesterday and I got Orlovsky and I got Rex Ryan yelling at me, yeah. telling me that I'm underselling how well he played, what he did, all that stuff. I'm trying to make up my own mind how I should feel about that situation. Help me. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll give them. I I agree with you. I don't think he played great. Even if I was willing to say he did play great in these last two games, we got a lot of other evidence to suggest otherwise. Unless you're trying to convince me that they figured out something with him, and I, I don't see that that he crossed some threshold before the big Taylor Swift game, <laughs> then I, 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 it's hard for me to imagine that I would have more confidence in him going forward, like sober-mindedly. Like if I'm on the team, if I'm one of the coaches, yeah. I'm all in. I believe it. I've convinced myself of that, maybe even if I'm a fan. But as someone who has no like connection to the Jets, watching him play, it's like, all right, he had a couple good plays, yeah. a couple good games. Uh, he's still... That's sort of how I saw it, yeah. too. How about you, I think Rob? everything's relative, right? Like, the problem they had with Zach Wilson last year and in weeks two and three this year was not that he wasn't good. It's that he was actively harmful to their chances of right. winning. Like, he was, a, he was a net negative in terms of his performance. He wasn't that Sunday, right? Like, I mean, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't the reason they won, but he also was not, like, doing things that, that, that helped them lose. Uh, I think if they can lean on Brees Hall in that running game... Uh, and he does not look as overwhelmed. He, Zach Wilson, does not look as overwhelmed as he did uh, last year and then earlier this year. Then they can they can maybe string something together. I, I am a little worried about the offensive line injury, Elijah Vera Tucker. That's going to be a tough loss Brutal. for them. Brutal. For a team that wants to lean on the run game and protect its quarterback, uh, you can't be losing guys and, like that. And I guess it depends on what the expectations are for this yes. team. Because I think you can beat the Broncos with him playing like that. They couldn't beat the Chiefs with him playing like that. Because what happens when you have a great defense and a good running attack is what you end up doing is keeping the game close. You don't blow people out. And so in close games, somebody got to make a play to win. And it's normally going to be your quarterback at the end of close games. So you're going to be reliant on him no matter how you slice it at some point in the course of the game. Either he's going to play well through the course of the game to give you a lead or – He's just not going to mess it up. And then in the fourth quarter, we're going to need some points. Yeah. You're going to have to lead a game-winning drive when everyone knows you have to throw the ball. Guys, you're the best. Thank you for hanging out as always. Graziano, go get on your Peloton. Dominique, Mm -hmm. outstanding as always. Coming up next, I have a note from last night that is going to make fans of one historic franchise very, very upset. And you'll hear what it is right after this on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here. We just had Neek and Dan Graziano hanging around. I saw a little Noons was in the building earlier today. He may come in and yell and scream about the Giants a little bit. Hembo is home with a sick child, allegedly. We'll yeah. talk about that a little as we Supposedly. go. Supposedly. Yeah. We're, we're going to accuse him of making that up. Yeah, get the um, law and order sound effect ready for that one. We will have uh, Bubba. You hear from hashtag Bubba, hashtag Cam. And we will also hear from Jeff Saturday. So Jeff ran over to do um, an early segment on first take, but whenever he gets done over there, I told him to come over here. So you'll hear from him coming up in a few minutes as we do a lot of football today. As usual, you can catch us on um, social media as well. I'm at ESPN Greeny on Instagram, on threads, and on Twitter. All right, here comes the scoop. The scoop. Jordan Love, last night. Here is the note from last night that's going to make fans of one historic franchise very, very upset. We we know about the picks. We know he's thrown five picks in his last two games. We know that Aaron Rodgers never threw multiple interceptions in consecutive games ever in his career as a Packer, and Love has now done it in his first five starts. That said, here's the stat that really would bother me if I'm a fan of the legendary Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love last night threw 11 passes that traveled five yards or more. Five yards. Bubba, do you know what his numbers were on those 11 passes? No, what were they? He completed three of them, and three of them were intercepted. Hmm. So here are his 11 passes that were thrown over five yards last night. Five were incomplete, three were complete, and three were intercepted. That is a very disturbing number. What it's telling you is the training wheels are on. And Dominique made this point really well. Jordan Love is young and he's inexperienced, but he's not a rookie. So the fact that they have the training wheels on him, and yet he's still making the caliber of significant mistake, just giving away a game last night, they have no business losing. The Raiders are awful. All things considered, the fact that the Raiders are 2-3 and is unimaginable. If you lined up every team in the NFL and said, which one is the worst? The Raiders would be in that conversation. 
and yet they still managed to lose a game last night. They have no business losing because in a game where they barely let the quarterback do anything, he lost it for them. That, to me, Bubba, is a very disturbing statistic. It's one thing if you have sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, take the training wheels off, let him fling it around the yard, put up big numbers, and live with the fact that he's going to throw a few picks. That's one game. But they didn't play that game last night. They played an incredibly safe, conservative game, and he still threw the three interceptions. Bubba, to me, that is a statistic that if I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers, concerns me a lot. I would agree. I would be concerned. I mean, yeah, this is now his fourth year. Obviously, he hasn't been playing that whole time, but he has started six games. I would say it's concerning. I'm not, I'm not you know, I wouldn't say I'm setting all the, the alarms if I'm in Green Bay, but it's definitely a bit of a concern because, like you said, he's not a rookie. So he's had time to sit there and learn, and he should not be – they shouldn't have the training wheels on, like you said. So I think there's plenty of season left, so I wouldn't say I'm going to you know, hit the panic button just yet, but it is definitely a concern when you're seeing stuff like that when that's happening with your quarterback. I like the kid. I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. I said it before the season began, and I still believe it. But that's a, a, a statistic that would concern me, and that's why I phrased it the way I did. By no means am I giving up on Jordan Love, but I would be – I think that so far, when he, when he won that game, when he came from behind to win that game, I, I thought that really feels like it could be the beginning of something good. And for it to have gone the opposite way as much and as quickly as it has, that I think is a real surprise. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance – Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, really interesting stuff from Jerry Jones on his regular radio appearance today on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Bubba, I'm addressing these to you yep. because you are our resident Cowboy fan. One of them, I'm just reading these directly from John. Is it Makota or Machota? Whoever that is. He covers the Cowboys for The Athletic, and he always just transcribes onto Twitter quotes from Jerry Jones. I'm reading them from there. When asked about the Dallas drubbing in San Francisco, he said, quote, make no mistake about it. We have a quarterback that can get us there. He went on to say, I completely believe we have the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl, and that's the way that's going to be. This, to me, sets up what I think is going to be a fascinating situation to follow all year. And Bubba, as a fan of the team, I'm going to ask you this question. Because if I'm going to ask the binary question, do you want Dak Prescott on your team or not? The overwhelming answer to that is going to be yes, right? No one is going to look at that if you don't have one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league. You don't just toss away a guy like Dak Prescott. He's a good player. You can win with him. But that isn't the proposition. The proposition is not cut him or just have him on the roster absent any other consideration. This offseason, Dak Prescott is going to command top-of-the-line quarterback money And I think he's going to get it from somewhere. Dak Prescott's going to get something in the neighborhood of $50 million. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys and your options are try and figure out another solution, whether that maybe is Trey Lance or you're going to go in another direction and try and sign a veteran free agent or try and strike gold in the draft or some combination of all of them, 
Do you give Dak Prescott? Obviously, the rest of this season will determine the answer. But with Jerry saying, this is a guy who can take us to the Super Bowl, and that's the way that's going to be, that's the right thing to say right now. But if that doesn't happen again this year, if they wind up losing in the early part of the playoffs, as they have repeatedly the last few years, do you, as the owner of the Cowboys, Bubba, pay Dak Prescott $50 million a year to stay? Yeah, I and mean, I think it's like you said, it depends on what happens in the playoffs. And, and my stance is basically, I think if, if they don't make it to the NFC Championship game, at this point, I'm I'm getting rid of Dak, I'm firing McCarthy, and honestly, I'm, I'm getting rid of Dan Quinn because I am just want to completely start over. Because, And I'm a, I'm a Dak guy. I love Dak. I support Dak. I do think he can win a Super Bowl, but it's just not working. And if I, we just can't keep doing the same thing every year and expecting different results, where we're having these heartbreaking losses, where he's great in the regular season, fails in the playoffs, can't get over the hump. And I do think he has the potential to do it, but we just can't keep coming back with the same cast of characters. So if if he doesn't get at least the NFC Championship game this year, which I think they are capable, they have plenty of talent around him. If they don't get there, I would get rid of Dak. I'd get rid of McCarthy, and as much as the players love Dan Quinn, I would just do a clean slate and start over with completely new front, you know, uh, coaching staff, and just start over. Well, see, because it's interesting you say that. I think the likeliest scenario if they fire McCarthy is that Quinn gets the head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, and you go out and you get someone new to run your offense, uh, and and you go with a defensive-minded head coach and some young offensive quote-unquote genius to to run whatever offense you're going to have. They're going to pay a ton of money to Micah Parsons. They're going to pay a ton of money to C.D. Lamb. I don't, you're not starting over again with some young coordinator from somewhere and, and building. You're, you're trying to bring someone in to take you from point B to point C. See, here's the way I see this, Bubs. Yeah. If you've got a football team, you are either and, and you're not a championship-caliber team, you're not, you're not winning titles, you either need a coach who's going to get you from point A to point B or from point B to point C. If you're a young team starting all over again, let's just say Chicago, whatever it is, okay, now we go out, we get somebody who we believe in who's a young, energetic coach, and we think we can grow with him. Great. Perfect. That's that's the right plan. When you're getting rid of Mike McCarthy, especially if you keep Dak, but let's even put that one decision to the side for a minute. You've got a championship-caliber roster ready-made you got to go out and get a coach who's going to take you over the top. Quinn is an experienced head coach who took a team to a Super Bowl. So if if not Dan Quinn, who are you? Are you trying to hire Lincoln Riley out of college? Are you trying to hire uh, – who is it you think you're getting in there that is going to give you a better chance? Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I haven't fully thought it through of who I would get. And I, I guess I haven't – I don't know. I'm just – I'm not fully convinced that Dan Quinn right now is just the answer. I mean, we said the same thing about Mike McCarthy. He's a veteran coach who's won a Super Bowl, and he won a Super Bowl. Dan Quinn didn't even win a Super Bowl. I don't. I just don't have that much faith that Dan Quinn all of a sudden is just going to be this great head coach because he had a couple of good years with Atlanta, you know, seven years ago. He's also done a great job with your defense, Bubba. I'm old enough to remember when the Cowboys' defense was terrible three or four years ago. It was the overwhelming weakness of their team. He gets there, and yes, they've drafted well, and, and the additions of Parsons and Diggs obviously are significant. He's done a damn good job with that defense. Yeah, I mean, he's done a good job. I, I I like Dan Quinn. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but at the same time, you know, we can't just keep falling short and then just blame I don't think it's it's exclusively the offense's fault when we, we lose in the playoffs. Like, at some point, the defense has to step up and do things too. I don't think there was 
it was not, you can't not have any blame to the defense when they lost both times in the playoffs, I guess is my point. And we know, can't the defense just... didn't not get a playoff at the end of that game against San Francisco. For the sure. defense didn't let the Niners do anything offensively last year. Where'd they lose that game? Like 19 to 12 or something? Yeah. Like, I forget yeah, the scores. The, where they the were, offense, in neither yes, game correct. did they give up 20 that's, points. That's what I said yesterday. No, the offense was more of an issue for sure. I don't, again, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not convinced that all of a sudden Dan Quinn is going to be a great head coach, but I can, I can be talked into him for sure because I'm not sure what the other options are. But at minimum, I, I'm getting rid of McCarthy and Dak. Let me circle back to the original. Okay, so there's the Dak. Cam, let's just use the number 32 because there are 32 teams. If you break the league, all the quarterbacks walking the face of planet Earth, is Dak one of the 16 best? Do you agree with me, Cam, that the answer to that is yes? Yes, he's in the top half. He's in the top 16. I'm even including people who aren't in the NFL yet, like Caleb Williams. Drake May, Shador Sanders, uh, the kid in Washington, uh, what's his first name? Penix, Michael Penix, whatever. There's people that the that, that teams are very excited about. This is going to be a very big quarterback draft. Anyway, the point is, I still think Dak Prescott is one of the 16 best. The question is, do you pay $50 million to a guy who is the 16th best? I'm more than willing to pay 50 or $55 million, that percentage of my cap, to a guy who's one of the five best because Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, people like that. They are difference makers and and can overcome a lot of other deficiencies. That's worth it. In your mind, is it worth paying $50 million a year to the 16th best quarterback in the world? It's not, but we keep seeing teams having to do this when they have any kind of inflection point with their quarterbacks. The Giants just paid Daniel Jones $40 million, and he might not be even in the top 20 or 25 in the league right now. You know, even if Dak Prescott is not a top five quarterback, he's commanding top five quarterback money because of, you know, I guess what he's accomplished. He hasn't accomplished much in the playoffs, but he has the resume that gets him to that point where you, you have to make the decision whether or not you're paying him $50 million. The question is, what's their alternative? Trey Lance, uh, Cooper Rush? Like, they're not going to have that high of a draft pick where they're going to get a guy like Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Michael Penix. So I don't know what the alternative is to Dak, but I don't know if you pay him $50 million if he's not in the you know if he's on the lower end of the top half of the league well is there a disgruntled quarterback somewhere that you wind up being able to trade for I, I, you know I, mean, I, I think the alternative you can get someone other than paying someone not 50 or 60 million i think is th- the that's alternative. the point I, if you can I, get 50 percent yeah exactly. of dak for less than 50 percent of the money is that worth it that's the thing i i would love to keep dak i think it's but you just it's just you can't keep doing this and you can't be paying him 50 60 million it's just it's just too much and it's just not worth it for the return we're getting and we just can't keep having the same stuff where it's i don't know if he's gonna what deck we're we gonna get we're we gonna get four touchdowns or three interceptions today you know we, we just can't keep doing that for, and it's gonna be so much money so if we can just pay a quarterback 12 million next year and get a, a serviceable quarterback and put other pieces around him i would much rather have that All right, we'll see what they ultimately decide to do. I think it's going to be a fascinating question for them um, because they got a long way to go, and this is just a bad week. You know, we are professional overreactors. That's what we do. If you're listening to this show and you're thinking, Greeny, aren't you overreacting? Yes, that's what we do. We react to every game like it means everything because we've got on this show 10 hours this week before they play again. 
And the same on the TV show this morning. So you have to react to where you are. Right now, the Cowboys are in a bad place. Could they be in a totally different place three weeks from now? They absolutely could. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Speaking of fans calling and being frustrated, these were the calls yesterday to 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. What you're about to hear is just a collection of frustrated and furious Patriot fans after consecutive games in which their team has been defeated 72-3, to turning on the organization and turning on the legendary coach. Tommy and Lynn, what do you got to say today? What's up, boys? This is what I got to say today. The past few years has been terrible without Brady. Belichick's record is 26-29 and 29 now without Brady. This, team's, this team blows. Mack has a noodle arm. The offensive line blows. No wide receivers around them. Mike Giusecki blows. It's like Belichick's stuck in his old ways, and the, the game is catching up on him. And maybe it's time for him to either retire or do something. This is pathetic. Gentlemen, I think Bill Belichick is a bigger fraud than Lance Armstrong. Without steroids, Lance Armstrong is nothing. Without cheating and Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is nothing. Uh, I just wanted to talk about, I really don't think Belichick has ever been a good coach. All he is is a good defensive coordinator. And honestly, I hope next year that he goes to another team so I can root for him to fail and watch him fail like a human garbage piece of crap that he is. I am so tired of this guy having to watch him ruin this team year in and year out. And if he's on the team next year, I'm just not going to watch. I'll just be a fan of like the Chiefs or something. Liar. Oh, my God. God. The ending was the best. I'll just be a fan of the Chiefs or something. Oh, my God. I had heard that was going to be strong. But I will confess, that's the first time I just heard that montage. I will remind anyone in this audience who needs to know it that Bill Belichick, who was never a good coach, took that team to nine Super Bowls and won six of them. Oh, my God. Fraud. Fraud. Never a good coach. Look, I get the frustration. And I get asking the question, how much does it buy you? How much leeway do six championships buy you? I would think it would be more than this. One way or another, that's a bunch of fans ready to ride them out of town on a rail. All right, I have a lot of thoughts on that. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we are going to make an accusation on this program that may not be popular, but I think it is necessary. And you'll hear it next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. So Hambo and I are just sitting here. I just asked him how his wife, Lizzie, is doing. She's on her way to Vegas to do some work on the WNBA final. She's involved in that. And then you mentioned a text that she sent to you. She says, ugh, I forgot my wedding ring. And she went where? To Las Vegas. <laughs> Not what you want. I think there's some cause for concern here. Lizzie didn't want to have her wedding ring with her as she went to Las Vegas, a city in which, as I think you know, what happens there stays there. This is Greeny. So that was last week. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So Hembo tells us that his wife Lizzie went to Vegas and quote-unquote forgot her wedding ring. Then yesterday, Bubba, Hembo starts laying the groundwork to me that he may not be here today. And I'm going to tell you why I found it suspicious. Mm -hmm. Because he told me that one of his kids was sick. He actually said, the other one. Oh. And I said, what kind of sick? And there was a long pause. And he said, um, I don't know. Might be something like RSV. Oh, okay. He's just throwing initials together now. In my opinion, he's just saying stuff. Absolutely. Let me put my board on here. I'm trying as hard as I can to play a sound effect, and it's not on. Thank you. The point is, I think it is possible that Hembo is making up the illness, the alleged RSV, RSV of this alleged other twin who, frankly, I've never seen anyway. So, A, I question whether there really are two girls or if it's really just Michelle and a mirror. And then B, I question whether the other one, should she actually exist, is genuinely ill. I think that Hembo has flown to Vegas to try and win back his wife probably with her wedding ring in his pocket to give to her and make sure that all is well. What do you think of my thesis? Yeah, I mean, I, I deal with this all the time from a scheduling perspective in radio because, you know, we anytime people are, are kind of planting the seed of calling out mm-hmm. basically 24 hours in advance, right. you feel like something sketchy is going on. Yep. You call out day of before the shift, all right, you got sick, you make sense, but... You're saying, you're telling us, you already because he always talks about, doesn't his, his, his parents live nearby? Nearby. Her, her parents, if you're telling me right now, tomorrow, you're, gonna, you're not going to be in, you have plenty of time to, let's make some arrangements with your, your parents, her parents, let's make some arrangements. Yeah. He's just planting the seed because he, yeah, he's either in Vegas or potentially, one thing I thought of, he might have gone to Atlanta to watch the Phillies down there. I think he might be watching the baseball game, but he the, all we know for certain is he's not at home with his kids. I know that much. Let's analyze what you're saying. You're suggesting that in a moment where it is possible, and that's a brilliant job, by the way, by our TV crew just showing his empty chair. <laughs> that's really funny. I wish everyone spent a lot of time watching this show on the ESPN app. That is a brilliantly funny move. Uh, he is He is right now, they are just showing a quad box of Cam, Bubba, me, and then Hembo's empty chair with his microphone somewhat poignantly showing its shadow on the back of <laughs> his very seat. dramatic. The shadow's great. Where he otherwise would be. It's brilliantly staged. Anyway, the point of it is this. You're saying that Hembo, with a sick child, 
So you're telling me you believe that a child may be sick and that his wife may be cavorting in Vegas without her wedding ring, but that in response to all of this, what Hembo decided to do was fly down to Atlanta and watch his beloved Phillies play a game in which, by the way, they got their hearts so broken last night. That is one of the brutal baseball defeats that you will ever see. They got their heart ripped out of their chest, thrown on the ground, stomped on, had fire set to it. That's how you're feeling this morning if you're a Philly fan. Sorry, Cam. The point of it is, do we think that Hembo did that? And if so, do we think he deserves what he got as a result? Well, I also have one other question. Yeah, because I I think, look, if his kids were sick, I think he had plenty of time to make some arrangements with his his, his parents, That's his right. in-laws, whatever it was. If it happened this morning, I get it. He's home alone, last second, hey, Michelle, the other one got sick. I'm not going to be in. We'd be like, all right, cool. No, but, yeah, he texted Cam and I at, like, noon yesterday. I'd be like, not going to make it in tomorrow, sick. Um, it seems a little fishy. But my other question is, because we saw that the Phillies lost last night, mm-hmm. what is the status of his kids wearing the onesies? Because this screams – he got a little lackadaisical with the onesies. Did he not have his kids wear the onesies every day? Because if we didn't, this is the reason they lost. Or we- is it possible that they got sick from all the germs collected from wearing the same onesie about you know nine straight days? There are a lot of possibilities here. I mean, and- we saw what happened last year with his. You know, he jinxed him last year. So if, if he didn't do this. The loss is completely on him, and they might lose a series because of him. Jeff Saturday has just walked in the door. Jeff, come in and sit down in Hembo's empty seat. Just come sit down and dive into this. If you have time, we'll do some football a little bit later. But let's, first of all, Jeff is a crazy Braves fan. I'll remind you the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. How would you describe the, uh, the vibe in your hotel room last night as you watched a comeback for the ages? Electrifying! <laughs> Man. I, I was on the text chain with my boys back in Atlanta, talking to James and Kevin. We're hitting it up. We're texting. I was talking to Himbo. You which, were talking to Himbo. I was. I was texting him. I texted Himbo early when we were when we were still getting blanked. And I was like, man, what is going on? You know. And you know, Himbo, he kind he's like subtle with it. You know what I mean? He doesn't like just hit you over the head. But he was like, you know, shut him down. No runs. Blah blah blah. Next thing you know. We're back in this action, and I'm going back and forth with Himbo on, on the, on the uh, text as well. It was incredible. I mean, listen, the, the home run, one hand on the bat, right foot off the tray. I mean, the pitcher fooled him, and, and he still takes that thing yard. And, and to Himbo's point, Himbo's like, you just got to tip your cap sometimes. That's incredible. And then to finish this thing off, the throw after the catch, the heads he played. And I, and I get Harper shouldn't have done what he did from a base running perspective, but uh, yeah, I don't care about that. I'm excited about my team. <laughs> I don't know where the did. hell Bryce Harper thought he was going. That was not good. One way or the other. But, but here's what I need to get you to get to the bottom of with this, because you're a, you're a, you know you're a, a longstanding person of, of of you've lived a little, a little. So Hembo last week tells us that his wife Lizzie. Do you know Lizzie? I don't. She worked at ESPN for okay. years. Uh, and still does. She is in Vegas for the WNBA finals. Okay. She tells Hembo, she leaves the house to go to Vegas, and like an hour later, texts Hembo, "Uh uh-oh, I forgot my wedding ring. She forgot her wedding ring (laughs) on a trip to Las Vegas. Whoa. So now all of a sudden Hembo calls out with a sick child. (laughs) We think that he either, A, 
recognized how much trouble he was in here and raced out there to try and fight for his woman, or B, because he's hembo, <laughs> took a look at a situation in which his wife is ringless in Vegas. Yes. One of his two twins allegedly has RSV, and he still <laughs> went down. Allegedly. And, and yet he still went down to Atlanta to watch the Phillies last <laughs> night. Which do you think it is? Oh, I, 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 because of the texting, I would say I, I think Vegas. I think he's in Vegas. I think so, I mean, too. he was awake. It was late. You know, usually Himbo, you know, you, the last text you get from Himbo, when he's doing, like, show prep, yeah. like the last text you get from Himbo is, like, 730, right? Yeah. He's shutting it down. 10.30, he and I are going back and forth. I felt like it's more Vegas time than East Coast time. He was back there making sure he was, he was making sure his bride got that ring back on, scouting the land out, making sure what he was fighting against, handled his business out in Vegas. Like, all kidding aside, if you were to say to your wife, I'm going to Vegas, oh. and then say, or she sees, just sees a picture of you and your wedding ring is not on? No. Is that going to be okay? Oh, my God. It's not okay. If I, if I touch her, I left my wedding ring, and I'm on the way, just get on the plane on the way back. Yes, like, that's exactly yeah, right. You're turning around. Whenever you hit dirt, that's just exactly go ahead and right. grab your bag, put it on the next flight coming back to home. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. Just mail your finger back, that's and I'll send it back to you. <laughs> All right, I hope you can hang around, because we're up against a break here. I want to yes. talk some football with you and a whole lot more. Jeff Saturday's in our studio. We'll do a bunch of that. We'll get back to that Belichick stuff, which I thought was really interesting, and more. Stay there. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.